We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And welcome to Light Years Radio. Andy Lou, we are less than a week away from the NBA season. How exciting I, right now. I, I cannot wait until we do a post-game show after the first game. That's really what I'm most excited about. Because I think last season, Sam, the best part of the season was just being able to come on here or, or just record podcasts with the people and just listening to, to live reactions of people being either super angry we're super happy. I mean, it just—it was the best part of uh, of the basketball season. I'm sure it'll be the same next uh, next week. Yeah, we got we got uh, the decisive game five for you tomorrow, Giants Dodgers. Uh, How you feeling? Uh, what we were saying before the pod. I, I think I'm numb. I think I'm numb to the tension. I, I think I've watched so many big time sports games from my favorite teams in my life, Giants, Niners, Warriors. That uh, I feel numb. I don't know. I feel like it's mostly because, you know, it's a little bit of house money, right? Like the Giants are uh, maybe one year ahead of schedule in terms of getting there. Whereas like the Dodgers, on the other hand, Dodgers lose. They're not going to live it down. You know, like they're supposed to be the champs, right? You got a little bit of house money going and not, not to say you're going to be happy with, with any sort of loss. Of course not. But like in terms of where the pressure is, the Dodgers are the, 2019 Warriors, you know, where it's like all winning does is like you can breathe a sigh of relief. It's like, well, yes, of course they won. They have the best team in the league roster wise. Right. You know, whereas the Giants, you know, there's not a lot of pressure on them right now. I, you know, I, I, I think that's fair, except that Buster Posey and Brandon Crawford on the team. Like if, if we're talking about Mark Luciano, and uh, and Elliot Ramos as kind of the guys that are 23 years old that's that's starring for the Giants. Like I think you're right, but the Giants got some guys that could you know win their third or fourth World Series in their career. And as great as the Dodgers are, those guys don't win championships. You know what I mean? Like last I checked, they won a championship. I mean, they won last year. And, so. uh, did they? Was it really a title? Like, and it's only one. Relax. And it's only one. You know what I mean? Like that's all they've won in the past 10 I mean, years. Yeah, I, I, it is it is fair to say like you know. Posey's 34. How many, how many more years? How many more years exactly. does he have in him? You know, like, is this their last, is it his, his last run? I, I hear you, but you know what? 
most of the people listening to this will have already know what happens in that game. So we're not going to spend forever (laughs) on it. Um, I am in a great mood with the Warriors season coming up. I just, maybe it's because they're undefeated in the, in the preseason. Maybe it's because the Lakers look like a mess down South. Actually, it's definitely because of those two things. Um, And (laughs) maybe it's just because I miss basketball, but I'm, I'm feeling some very optimistic thoughts about this season. There is a uh, there's a there's a mismatch. You know how in the beginning of the season you st- you watch like every basketball team. I w- I'm watching the Orlando Magic for some reason the first week of the season. And by the time the sixth week comes around, I'm not watching the Orlando Magic. But th- yeah, you start you start slowly cutting teams off league pass. You're like, yeah, I yeah. I'm, I'm good. I've watched enough. Uh, um, who's who's an example? Like, yeah, I'm good on I'm good on Minnesota Timberwolves games this season. <laughs> hey, they might be fun. They might be fun this season. Uh, yeah, but hey, to your point, the Warriors this season. Let's let's be uh, let's cut to the chase. I mean, this is a team that is a lot better than I thought they were going to be uh, a month ago. I mean, we did. They're looking, they're looking good. They are looking really good. Ooh. I mean, um, look, I have questions. We're going to get into it in the season preview pod, which will come out next Monday. I don't feel like this is going to be a team that frustrates us in terms of strategy and just like overall IQ. Like if they get beat. It's going to be because other teams just have a little more talent than them. It's not going to be because they like outsmarted themselves. That's the big takeaway I've got so far. I was thinking about this for the preview part that we're going to do, but like one of the big things, if, if the Warriors are going to get beat, it's going to be one of those games where uh, Joel Embiid has 28 rebounds and, you know, 38 points, right? right? Like there's like nothing you can do about that. I think you're right. Like the Warriors are going to win. I was listening to Bill Simmons today, the uh, talk about the over under. Warriors are about 47 right now, 47 and a half. Like, the Warriors are going to win more than that. 48 and a half. They're, yeah. they're going to win 50. If, if that's what they look like, and Klay Thompson comes back relatively healthy, like, they're going to win 50 games. And that's something that I thought was a month ago. Sam, like, I don't know. Like, I was in the range of 45, 46, 40. Like, but now I'm sitting here, and I'm like, why not 50 wins? Like, that seems almost likely with the way that they've looked in the preseason. Yeah, man. I mean... Jordan Poole looks like one of the 10 best players in the NBA. And I don't expect that to hold Without up at this level. Without a doubt. But like, I mean, he looks phenomenal. Uh, Steph looks like Steph. Um, Otto Porter looks like a perfect addition. Uh, Draymond looks as good as he's looked in the beginning part of the season. I guess I want to start here. What are you most excited about for this season right now? Like, just if you could pinpoint one thing, what is it? Shooting. The amount of pure shooting that this team has, even in the years that were pre-KD, they won because of the high Q and the defense, right? Like people would always say, Splash Brothers, Splash Brothers. But what really connected that team together was they had an all-switch defense that was top five, if not the best in crunch time. And then they had incredible passers and playmakers at every position. This team doesn't have the defense, but it has the IQ. But really, I think what they've found out is we're just going to bomb 42 threes a game and we're just going to math equation you out of it every single time. There are going to be games like last night, Sam, where they play the Warriors, uh, the Lakers, where they look like shit, but they're just going to make four threes in a row. By the way, without, go... without Steph Curry, without yeah. Draymond Green. Draymond. Against <laughs> the Lakers' starting unit, they still win. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's the preseason, but, like, you can see in the second quarter, it's like, well, they're struggling the whole half, but all of a sudden they make three threes in a row and they're they're winning. Or they're back in the game, they erase a lead. I think that's the most exciting part of this. Sport. I think the Laker game is a perfect example. They took 18 more threes than the Lakers. At a certain point, the math just works out in your favor at that point. 
Um, I was looking it up this morning, and the Warriors are taking 55 threes a game in the preseason. Goes without saying that's the most in the NBA. Um, I don't think they're going to hit shoot it at that clip in the regular season, but I will be surprised if they're not top three in terms of three-point attempts a game this season. And that translates to wins. That translates to regular season wins. It, the Warriors, towards the end of the dynasty, were getting outshot in terms of field goal attempts from other teams. Yep. They, were, yep. they were just winning because they had more talent. And they could out-execute people, but they were always at this kind of, disadvantage in terms of like someone getting up eight to 10 more threes in them. And if they're hitting <clears throat> the math, just doesn't work in your favor. Even if you have Katie and Steph going like six for nine from mid range, six for 10 from mid range, like it's just hard when the other team takes that many more threes and this Warriors team, not only are they getting threes up, it doesn't look like it's hard for them to get good threes up either. Like Otto Porter is not forcing. Yeah. Them. Nicholas, uh, sorry, Nemanja Bielica, not forcing <laughs> anything. Uh, Jordan Poole's creating his own shot, but really it's only Poole and Steph Curry who are creating their own three-pointers. Everyone else is just getting them off driving kicks, off of, like, the extra pass, which is, those are high-percentage looks. If Andrew Wiggins gets a kick to him in the corner off of driving a kick, I want him to take that shot every time. He'll probably make it at a high clip. What I don't want is, like, Wiggins taking some weird, like, step back from three, you know? Well, I'm just using that as an example. They're getting some really good looks in preseason, and everything is kind of – it just looks like they're going to be in a position to get up more threes than everyone. I Before the first Steve Kerr season, uh, people watched the preseason games, and a lot of people were like – you remember the Warriors were like, what, eighth in, in championship odds? And people were just like, yeah, this team wasn't – it's not going to be great, but – uh, they've played in the preseason. You can see they had entirely different offense. That's what this preseason feels like. Like you could say the preseason means nothing, but for the Warriors, I think you watch this and you you can say these are trends that are going to matter in the regular season. Uh, like you just said, dude. Like when the Warriors they won because they had KD, Clay, and Steph going eight for ten from mid range. Actually, I think it's Steph. Steph won't even go in the mid range. It was basically Clay or KD who kept shooting mid range shots. It didn't matter. It didn't, it didn't matter because they shot from a ridiculous percentage, even out, even if you take into threes and free throws into account. But when you do that with guys like Kelly Oubre and Ken Bazemore that can't do that, yeah, that's the problem. And uh, I, I also feel like Otto Porter, Nemanja Bielitsa, Jordan Poole, these three guys, they're just it, – it, isn't it just the perfect fit? Could they, have, could they have gotten anyone in free agency that fit that system that they want to play now more? Like, I don't, I don't know who they could have. I mean, and even, even the two guys that they weren't able to sign Patty Mills and Nicholas Batum, like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you could see why they, they would fit too. Right. Like it's very obvious. So um, it seems like they, they, they put a lot of emphasis on signing guys who they know fit the way they want to play. So even if they didn't get their first choice guy, cause like I, I'm, I feel pretty confident Nicholas Batum was their first choice free agent and like for good reason. Right. But even if they didn't get him, they got guys who are really good. And like, who knows? Otto Porter might end up having a better year. Um, if he, he stays, might. if he if really he stays might. healthy, he's. I mean, he's he's a great fit, and in some ways, he might be a better fit than Batum because I don't know if this team needs Batum's passing. If you believe in Juan Toscano Anderson, if you believe Iguodala still has some left in the tank, if you believe in Draymond, like. Having a guy who's willing to just take the shot every time almost matters a little more for them, right? Like, Batum can do both things, but I, I feel like by 
just it's like instinct, he's going to look to make the extra pass the way like Iguodala does, right? More than he is like, like, like Otto Porter yeah, will get yeah. greedy. Otto Porter is the type of guy who's like, if I'm feeding it, I will take 10 threes. And I don't, and I won't think twice about it. It's like a little Clay Thompson ish. You know, like Clay can get greedy. Yeah, I, I think you're 100. I was actually going to make that point in my head, and then I was like, oh shit, he's saying it out loud. So I mean, it's, it's and then with Patty Mills, he's another one that'd be a great fit too. But I think that becomes less needed when we watch Jordan Poole. Like, I didn't even ask you what you're most excited about, but I assume you're going to go with Jordan Poole because it's ridiculous. You you read my mind. I mean, one, I've had a soft spot for Jordan Poole since he was drafted. Two. Based off of what I'm seeing in preseason, it's exceeding my wildest expectations. Like my, like, you know how sometimes you can get in like the rabbit hole and really talk yourself into like, I could see Jordan Poole being a fringe all-star one day, you know, when he's 27, something like that. And then I'm watching him now and I'm like, dude, he's going to get voted into the all-star game. He plays like this, you know? <laughs> and like, I do expect him to come down to earth a little bit just because he's playing better than every guard the NBA and like, I'm not ready to say he's better than Stefan Harden, but um, not yet, not yet. Not yet <laughs> but not yet. I mean, I, I'm watching him and I'm, I'm starting to wonder if I should just back off of like putting a limit on how good he could be because he looks, give me one criticism. You'd let me on Jordan Poole preseason. He's not defending. Well, like that's it, right? Like offensively making the right reads, hitting shots from everywhere, not dominating, having the perfect balance of when to go to your move versus when to move the ball. Like there is no criticism to be levied at all. Uh, the off ball movement is what's extremely impressive to me. I mean, he, I mean, I see people say Jordan Clarkson. I've said the same thing. I've seen some people say Jamal Crawford, some of these ball stopping kind of six man type of guys, Lou Williams or whatever, but I, I don't see that. I don't see that Jordan Poole is playing within that system. And I think that's part of kind of Steph's leadership. And the cool thing about being mentored by Steph is that Jordan Poole is putting these kind of, he's playing like an off guard, even though he's a, he's best as a primary playmaker, which makes him such a great fit with Steph. And then also with clay, when clay comes back, that's, that's what's, I think the coolest part of it is he's not playing like a James Harden. He's not playing like one of these Luka Doncic guys who are just kind of ball stoppers. He's actually playing team basketball. He's playing Steve Kerr, <laughs> Steve Kerr 2.0 basketball. It's uh, Steve man. 2.0, baby. Steve 2.0. Not a, that's um, crazy. Someone put it to me this way. This is someone who works with players, a trainer. He, he goes, it's ridiculously impressive how good Poole is at moving off ball now his balance, his conscious, the way he comes off of screens, every subtle detail yeah. is so much better than I ever expected. And then he ended it with it. Can you believe some guys think playing this way is quote boring. And it, it stuck with me because I'm just sitting here and going like Jordan Poole's always had ball skill, right? Like he's always had, you yeah, know, right. yeah. It's bit. like at various levels, like he was a little overwhelmed by NBA size initially, but like you could tell he clearly knew he was a guy who clearly knew how to play with the ball in his hands. He, it, it appears he's put so much effort into like the details of functioning off ball and making quicker decisions. And when you watch him now, you're like, dude, he, it's, it's just so impressive to watch. I don't know how else to put it. it. It looks very sustainable. Maybe his percentages will come down just because he's shooting in a Steph Curry clip and, uh, as history has told us, only only, only, only one player shoots at a Steph Curry clip. <laughs> but like beyond like maybe he loses a couple of points on his percentage, like everything he's doing looks sustainable. Yeah. 
yeah, I think that's uh, defensively. I wouldn't worry just because a lot of the times, like you look at Steph. Okay, I got three thoughts that I'm trying to spit out there. Number one, with defensively, I don't know if I care that much just because you can see in his mindset that he cares about defense. He's not D'Angelo Russell. Uh, number two, uh, the 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 comparison. I don't actually know who I compare Jordan Poole to. Uh, I almost think of him as someone that's trying to play exactly like Steph. Because I hear, I've seen the CJ McCollum. I've even said that. You said that first. You know, people throw the Jordan Clarkson stuff out there. I don't agree with any of them anymore watching him this offseason, this preseason. I'm sitting here and I'm yeah, just he's like, got, he's, he's playing like Steph. So he's playing he's like. Got, he's got elements of a lot of players. He's also got a little Devin Booker. Like some of those like stopping on a dime at the elbow. Some of those mid-range jumpers are very Devin Booker-esque. The way he's kind of floating around off-ball reminds me of Steph and CJ McCollum. Some of the stuff he's doing also reminds me of Bradley Beal to a degree. Some of it reminds me of Jordan Clarkson. Like, it, it, there's no, like, one-off comp. But, like, yeah, the def- the defining quality is, like, committing to the off-ball movement that Steph and, quite frankly, also Clay Thompson do in the system. Clay, yeah, Clay, yeah, yeah. yeah is, so is that your most excited? Is, is I that am, your, I am. I, want, I really okay. want to see him do this in the regular season, and let's see him average 20 a game. Let's see what people around the league say. Let's see how, once again, Steph has too much help. Let's, let's, uh, let's see how this all comes together because, I mean, he is so exciting, and it really does feel sustainable to a certain level, so I'm just excited. Golden State Warriors basketball is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Warriors tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NBA tickets. TickPick got rid of all those office service fees that all the other ticket sites charge, which allows them to guarantee the best prices on all of the NBA tickets. So listen to this, Sam. If you don't believe it, if you can find better prices for all the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference. Really? 110%? 110%. Oh, man. Of the difference in the purchase price. So, as we all are, and as we'll get into into this podcast and for the next month, uh, Jordan Poole, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, all these guys that you're going to want to watch at the Chase Center this season, TickPick has you covered. All you have to do is visit TickPick.com slash LightYears and use the promo code LightYears to save $10 on your first order of Golden State Warriors basketball tickets. Remember, TickPick.com slash LightYears. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, want to get to the goons. Let's get to some questions. Let's 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 hear what other people are. tell us what you are most excited for this Warriors season. We're gonna, we're gonna go with our traditional leadoff hitter Ryan. Hey, Ryan, what's, what's up, up, man? Uh, yeah. I, well, I'm obviously most excited for Jordan Poole. I was at Dodgers Giants yesterday, and I was leaving the stadium. Laker fan pops up because uh, I was wearing my Warriors jacket. And he's like, you know what? I'd rather have Jordan Poole over Russell Westbrook right now. And it just got me to thinking, how? what, what is the ceiling on this kid? Because clearly other fans are starting to see that he is something special. And I'm just really excited about him. Well, rather have him than, than Russell Westbrook's not a high bar in 2021. So. <laughs> no, no, but, but that, <laughs> no, but. Due to how people perceive True. Westbrook outside of us, sorry, it is a sorry. High- you, you you set up the joke. I, I had to take it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. that's that's actually so. Ryan, appreciate the call. That's a great point. Part of my uh, excitement level with Jordan Poole this season, it's not just because he's a fun player to watch. He's going to help the Warriors win. It's I'm curious how the rest of the league starts rating him as time goes on. Like, will people say like? compare him to like Donovan Mitchell and stuff like, like, is he, is he going to put up that type of hype? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I have a name for you that I think, uh, that I, that I think he might, he might remind you a little bit of Damian Lillard. Ooh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Give it, give it 30 games. We'll see. But if we're talking about someone that's like Steph, but not really Steph, cause you can't shoot it like Steph. Uh, it's, that's, mm, that's, you know, that's some, the, the Kool-Aid is out today. You, you see, I'm, <laughs> I'm waiting to see who's the first person to text us tomorrow with like, whoa, chill out with the Jordan Poole Kool-Aid. 
Uh, my money's on my money's on friends friend of the show, Marcus Thompson. <laughs> nah. MT's, MT's driving the uh the Jordan Poole bandwagon with us. <laughs> uh McWalters, yo, what's up, man? Yo, yo. So uh I'm excited about Jordan Poole too. I his preseason play is just built upon what we already knew about him, um, which is amazing in and of itself because we have like outrageous expectations as you know, crazed Warriors fans, and he's meeting them which is crazy and also making this dream about exceeding them and here i am looking at six man of the year award winners on basketball reference and looking at you know uh, most improved player ones and if we think he's getting 30 minutes a game that's kind of in the more six man role if he's getting like mid 30 minutes a game most improved player that's stuff, a good point his numbers look like they could be great i mean i'm looking at a 2011-2012 harden season where he the season before Scored in the same ways, 12 points a game, a few assists here, same minutes that Poole had um, as a second-year player as well. And in his third year, took a slight jump, but was still the sixth man on that OKC team that made that run to the finals. And if the Warriors put together a run, he could easily be um, a sixth man. And if he plays more in the mid-30s as a regular starter, he could be a most improved if he plays the way he's playing. And that is really exciting and really changes the dynamic. And I think it also gives Wiseman and Kaminga time. It gives them time to develop because we're not like, oh, my God, we need them, we need them, we need them because we have nothing. Um, instead, we have pool and we play a little different. Maybe we try to just outscore people and, and, and get these guys to develop. And then we got some bigs for the future. McWalters, great call. Actually, that is a great point. I hadn't even thought about it from that angle, Andy. But, like, if Jordan Poole really breaks out in the regular season, that's going to make life so much easier on Wiseman and Kuminga. They're just not going to have that pressure. Like, didn't you feel like last year, like every time LaMelo Ball did something, you'd like look at Wiseman and you'd be like, this dude's very nervous right now. This dude, this dude dude knows LaMelo had 28, seven and seven tonight. You know? I mean, I, I, it's, it's, by the way, shout out to Jordan Poole's first season as an NBA player. I mean, I think him getting through that has got to have helped him become this type of player. It's got to, it's got to, by the way, also your boy LaMelo 70 point loss today. Woo. But yeah, I mean, you're right. I think from a from a pressure perspective, it makes it a lot easier for those guys, especially Wiseman. I think Kaminga's gonna. I think Kaminga has a little bit of a mindset that kind of endears himself to fans. I think you can kind of tell just from listening to him. Where it's just like I think the guy is just gonna be the hard, one of the hardest workers on the team, like Paul uh, and, and Steph Wiseman. You just we don't know, and just I'm just curious what happens. And he's been hurt half the time, so uh, and or he's at COVID, so uh, less pressure on Wiseman. But the other thing is, they are also kind of relying on him. So we'll see. Absolutely. All right, let's keep let's keep moving. Atley, what's up, man? Hello. There we go. Hey, what's up, man? There we go. Pretty good. Um, I'm most excited for ideally, or and hopefully, getting some playoff basketball at Chase Center. Since we were yet to experience that, I know last year the playing game was kind of a playoff game, but I want to see what our, our home court advantage looks like in meaningful games, but. I also had a question for you, Sam. What do you say is the difference with our three ball compared to the Rockets with that that Harden era and how they was chuck up threes as opposed to us? Is it better quality threes or? Oh yeah, that? that's a great question, Atlee. We appreciate it. By the way, I love the first comment, and I want to talk on that next. But to me, it's the ball movement. Like this isn't the 2016 Warriors who are kicking, who like just pass overload, I guess is the best way to put it. But like the Rockets 
every three-pointer came out of isolation. This team, it's a little more drive and kick. It's like Steph comes off a screen, drives, kicks, second pass, Jordan pull shot. And it's that's really the difference. I don't know, Andy, I don't know how you feel about this, but. I think another difference is that that Rockets team had a lot of shooters that they just shot the three-point shot and they were good shooting the three-point shot. The Warriors have guys that could be great shooting the three-point shot. Steph, obviously, Clay, obviously, Jordan Poole's getting there. Otto Porter and Nemanja Bielitsa are great three-point shooters if you leave them open. P.J. Tucker, yeah, you know, you know, like a lot oh, of here's, here's are- another Here's another um, diff- tying together your point. Like, um, Juan Toscano-Anderson is always going to pass the ball if someone who's a better shooter than him is open. Trevor Ariza, he was just going to put it up. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, like Eric Gordon, he's putting it up. And it's not even because they're bad shooters or anything. It's just kind of like, I don't think they see the court the way that, you know, uh, Iguodala does or someone like that. And like at the same time, they shoot it better than them. But like everyone on the Warriors at this point is either a high level ball mover or a shooter. Yeah. So I think that that's the big thing. And then, um, and, and I think that the system is just like you talked about, the system is entirely different. Um, a lot of it, I mean, like when you see the the Rockets missing 27 straight shots, there was no, there was no, uh, there was no plan B. It was, all right, well, we're just going to chuck it up and we're going to do what we've been doing all season, no matter what. And we're going to keep doing it no matter what. And, you know, they, they almost won a championship. Right? They almost got to the NBA finals doing that. But I think with the Warriors and the way this system is run, it's, it's, it is built upon the three point shooting and they don't have much bomb uh, uh, rim pressure. But I think they can get that if teams are going to play up on them like the Warriors did against that team. So the system, the shooters, a little bit different from that Rockets team. And, and Atlee's other point is a great one. I'm excited to see that too. So, like, people have asked me over the years, like, oh, so is, is Chase, like, a good home court? And my honest answer is I don't know. They open this place with, like, a joke roster. Steph breaks his hand the fourth game in. And then a pandemic hits. Like, I don't even know what Chase Center looks like when you have a moderately good team playing in real games. Like, what does Chase look like if you have a 51-win Warrior team who's a four seed, who's playing a playoff series against Denver? I don't know. I haven't seen it, much less I haven't seen, like, a 60-win Warrior team who's, like, competing for the conference. Like, all we've seen is 30 games of Kai Bowman and D'Lo and Eric Paschal and Omari Spellman and all that sort of stuff. So it's like, I'm just, I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. I, I think one thing I, I, uh, I wouldn't be surprised about is uh, if those regular season home games are going to be emptier than usual, just cause it's San Francisco and things are not like, it's still dead in that area that the, that the, that the arena is in. And I don't blame people for not it, it, most of the times when people go to like, people ask a lot about the giants and why they sell out during the regular season. No, and a lot of it in my, in my opinion, it's not about the fans. It's about, I used to work downtown and I used to go to baseball games because baseball games were a half mile walk from work. Now it's like, you got to go take a $35 Uber down there and make a whole day out of it. And, you, and, you, live, and you live in the city. Imagine if, you were, <laughs> imagine if you were a person who worked downtown and now you get to work from home uh, in San Mateo, in Walnut Creek. Like, the hassle it takes to get into the city, <laughs> nah, man. I'll, I'll I'll go on a weekend or something, you know, or, I, or playoffs, right? Like the playoffs will be rocking. So yes, I, I think yeah, they'll be yeah. fine for that. 
Actually, you're, the, the Giants point is a great point because the Giants sell out. Like, that's not an issue that that team has had. If the team is remotely mediocre, they sell out AT&T, or sorry, Oracle Park. This year, they're amazing, and they're not selling out. And it, it's purely because the Bay Area probably has a larger percentage of work from home than anywhere in the country. And I'm going to be honest with you. Right. If I'm at home, it's a lot of effort to get out there and get across to to where a game is. You know, like it better be a big game because Wednesday Wednesday night against the right. uh, the Chicago Bulls. Who, by the way, that that's kind of a good ticket to be honest. It's kind of kind of, kind of a big game. We but it's not good enough to get me out of the house unless someone's paying me. So, right. Right. you know what I'm saying? Right. So, right. I, I do think I, I'm excited now. When the playoffs come around, like like we saw at eight, at Oracle Park. Um, People will show up when that stuff. Yeah. But I do think work from home kind of hurts day to day, Tuesday night against the Rockies type of crowds. And I think the Chase Center they uh, they built that entire area out. It, it is a really pretty area, um, and they built out bars and restaurants in that area so people could hang out before games and after. Yeah, it's, games. it's a whole it's a whole experience that you you right. again cannot have right now. <laughs> right, or people just. Aren't, isn't convenient enough. All right. Let's keep moving. Jake, what's up, man? Can you guys hear me? We can hear you. What's up? So uh, the thing I'm most excited for about this season, aside from Clay's return, I feel like that's the obvious. Uh, I'm really excited for Christmas Day game this year. I feel like it's been a while since we've kind of woken up and had that big-time, prime-time matchup. And, you know, I feel like a lot of players get their respect on Christmas. So excited to see that. Uh, and then I had a question about, Pool, do you think Pool had any factor in us not making a move for Simmons? I feel like internally in the organization, they could have seen this breakout coming a little bit, and they may have thought they're probably just going to let Wiggins walk and you know give Pool a pretty good dollar sign to come back. And you know you can't bring Simmons in on that four year guarantee and pay Pool whatever he's going to get. So what do you guys think about that? That's a great call. I like that question. Um, first off, Andy we should be fired for going 30 minutes without mentioning Clay's return as if we were most excited about this season. Yeah, yeah. Like, like honestly, um, dude, Jordan pool mania in the preseason has been just too much. Like I literally forgot Clay existed for the last 20 minutes. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. I actually, the funny, funny thing is I just watched the minute and a half long clip of him making three pointers too, right before, right before the show. Now we're, we're obviously most hyped about Clay, but I, I just feel like, um, the positive signs we see in preseason have been so nice that it's like, I'm just excited to watch him play now. And when Clay comes back, I'll get, I'll be as excited as anyone for that return, but I'm not even thinking about that right now. To his secondary question, do you think pool factored into them making, not making trades? I think it did way more than it did for us. I mean, obviously the front office knows a lot more about these players than us. And you can remember behind the scenes last season, they raved about Jordan and Poole being the hardest worker behind the scenes. Yeah. So they know this. And I think behind the scenes, this offseason, the same thing. All they talked about was Jordan Poole being the hardest worker behind behind the scenes and him showing up and making another leap. So I think that was part of it. I don't know to that question whether they made that move because they felt Jordan Poole could do what Ben Simmons can do or if it, they didn't just want, didn't want to put ben, Jordan Poole in a Ben Simmons package. Like, I'm not sure. I do think that they viewed Poole a lot, more, a lot higher than, they, than, uh, than really anyone else. So, so what, piggybacking on that, the one thing we do know is the Warriors are higher on their own players than the rest of the league. 
And part of that's because their development staff last year wasn't, let's just say they can do better. But if you believe the reports, Poole wasn't even in the Simmons talks. It was Wiseman, the seven and the 14. So it would have been Wiseman, Kuminga, and Moody, which is ridiculous, a ridiculous ask for um, Ben Simmons. I really like Ben Simmons, but like, come on, man. That's a lot to ask for for him. If anything, I would say Jordan Poole makes you want Ben Simmons more because who fits better with Ben Simmons than a player like Jordan Poole, right? Like if anything, if those talks rehash, I'll be like, I'd rather give you Kuminga or Wiseman than than Jordan Poole because if I'm thinking about constructing a team, you want Ben Simmons to be your interior guy and you want Jordan Poole to be the guard who goes with him, right? So, I mean, that's, I mean, it'd be a perfect fit. And, and then the last thing is, I, I don't think Daryl Morey thought Jordan Poole would be this good, so it's not like he was asking for him anyway. Yeah, uh, Daryl Morey's not worried about Jordan Poole. I don't know. He might see a step back and be like, that's my new Harden. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you're right. If there's one person that Daryl Morey, if there's one manager or GM that's, that's got their far anxiety on where he just kind of identifies a player on another team that he should go get, it's probably Daryl Morey. Yeah. All right. He moved. Shit, what's up, man? So, man. How you doing? Yeah, so uh, this season, I think I'm most excited for uh, Bielitsa to be smiling each like self-actualized form. Appreciate that, bro. This is, what, this is how we needed to end the show. This is how we needed to end the show. Smiling each self-actualizes Bielitsa. I mean, he makes a great point, though. They, <laughs> they drafted Smiley, and they were high on Smiley because... They thought he could be a stretch five with, with a little bit of playmaking chops, right? A little bit of off the off the dribble bounce. And uh, I mean, that's what we're seeing out of Nemanja Bielitsa. Defensively atrocious. But I mean, he's not closing games. So you throw him out there as a small ball five with Draymond and get some spacing across with some of the other guys. And man, you're going to score 38 points in a quarter a few times this season. Yeah, yeah. Incredible. I mean, he's, he's going to be a weapon for the team. Um, self-actualized smileys when we call him from now on. All right, we'll end it there. Appreciate you guys.